Welcome back to the Everything Email Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Tillery. Thank you so much for being here. So, I gotta say, I'm still pretty much without a voice, and this weekend certainly did not help. We had our graduation ceremony, I was able to walk the stage, and that was pretty sweet, but all the cheering and applause and everything I had to do, I am still without most of my voice, so I'm just gonna power through, and we're gonna get through this together. So, this is kind of one of those weird episodes where it's in between any Big 12 play in basketball, and it's still before the bowl game with K-State football. So, in terms of what we have to talk about today, K-State did play a basketball game this weekend, I was actually in attendance. K-State took on University of Incarnate Word. I had no idea this was a college team, full disclosure. UIW, as I was told. And K-State played just about like everybody expected. I think going into the game, there was about a 30-point spread in favor of K-State. K-State ends up winning this game by 48 points, maybe 50 points. Seven different players with at least 10 points scored. Keontae couldn't miss a three. It felt like Naquan Tomlin was throwing down highlight-level dunks. It basically was just a game of... We are so much better than you. So K-State had 18 points out of Keontae Johnson, also adding 5 assists and 4 rebounds. Naquan Tomlin, 15 points, 9 rebounds. David Gasson, 12 points. Cam Carter, 10 points. Marquise Noel, 10, 8, and 5. Close to triple-double territory. Desi Sills finished with 14. And Dorian Finister, off the bench, finished with 10. I was fully, like, like there was no competition. I'm not going to deny this. It wasn't a game where you'd evaluate how good your team is versus another team. But let's do that. Let's do that, shall we? K-State, I've seen projections this weekend where we are ranked as high as 8th in a March Madness bracket. We went from a team who was expected to finish dead last and miss the tournament by a wide margin to people expecting us to be 8th. I heard from a buddy that he even saw us at 4th. Now that, I I didn't actually see firsthand, so I'm not actually sure if that's real or not. I'm not going to jump in on that one. But I've at least seen us at 8th. And that's massive with this squad. Keontae Johnson still looks like a first-team All-Big 12 player. Marquise Noel's up there. You've got guys on this team that are, are better than we've had in a long time. Even people like David Gasson and Desi Sills are just making plays where the Cats needed them. This weekend, you really saw just not much pushback from UIW. But the first half, coaches were really, really stressing the importance of defense because it seemed like K-State was kind of checking out on the defensive end. And I could see how that could hurt us in the long run. The second half for the first eight minutes of regulation, there was not one basket scored by the other team. K-State went on a massive run. It was a great game. I mean, the energy was definitely significantly lower because um, there was no real threat of losing. Uh, but it was pretty cool, man. I-, I really enjoyed being there, and just watching this K-State team has been electric this season. And I think Jerome Tang's doing a great job. Another quick thing I wanted to bring up. So we actually had our graduation ceremony, like I mentioned. And a couple of people going through there were players from the team. So a couple of guys that were in my, uh, my commencement ceremony, uh, Malik Knowles was up there, Julius Prince from the football team, and then you had Marquise Noel as well from the basketball team. My favorite part of the entire day, they have the commencement speakers. You run through one at a time, they say your name, you know, Claire Johnson, Mike Smith, you know, all, all these people come through. And then you get Malik Knowles stands up there. Everybody in the arena knows the guy's name, except for the speaker. Speaker gets up there and goes, Malik Noles. And the entire stadium, just, you could feel it. Everybody just, at one time, just kind of had a giant sigh let out. It was unbelievable to watch. I couldn't believe it, man. Malik Knowles, Malik Noles. It was one of the funniest things I've experienced. And I did everything I could not to cry laughing. It was too much. 
I don't understand how you don't know that. I mean, you got to have that. That's the one name you got to have. The other, you know, you can pronounce Julius Prince. You can pronounce, I mean, Malik Knowles isn't a hard name to pronounce. And you've probably heard it a thousand times if you're a K-State fan. Even if you're an educator at K-State. If you have any affiliation with the university whatsoever, you've got to know that name. That's rough. Maybe the pronunciation card did him dirty on that one. And it gave him some weird prompt, but that's a name you got to just know. You got to know that name. So that was one of my favorite moments of the weekend for sure. Um, other than that, I also wanted to talk about the transfer portal a little bit. So I mentioned it a little bit in last week's episode, but since then we have seen so many players enter the transfer portal. And I just want to kind of give you a rundown of general Big 12 players that have left and have declared. And let's just say there's nobody better than to start with than former Iowa Hawkeye, four-star recruit Keegan Johnson, choosing K-State over Notre Dame and Nebraska. I have seen so much slander and so much hate from every Big Red fan on my Twitter in the last couple weeks, and I am over the moon about it. Keegan Johnson becomes the second four-star in the past two years to come to K-State, one of them from Nebraska, a.k.a. Mr. Adrian Martinez, the only four-star on our roster at the time. K-State finds a second one through the transfer portal. In a year where everyone in the Big 12 is transferred out, there's been some major losses, K-State's only managed to lose a couple of guys that are, are, are more bench role players that haven't done a ton. There's guys that, that have seen the field a little bit. T.J. Smith, one of the examples of that. But for the most part, most of the guys haven't had playing time or aren't getting the playing time they want, and it's not a major loss for the team. Meanwhile, the rest of the Big 12 is in absolute shambles. If you've seen Oklahoma State this year, they lost not only Spencer Sanders, but they have lost so many major key players in the transfer portal. I'll give you a little rundown here of just a couple of guys to pay attention to. So most of the teams are in that 8-10 to 10 range right now. Most of, most of them have lost 8, 10, 12 guys. But Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, the two Oklahoma schools, have been absolutely abandoned this year. Oklahoma State loses Mason Cobb, three-star linebacker. Canyon Williams, senior safety. Braylon Presley, four-star receiver kid that just didn't get utilized correctly. I don't know if you, if you didn't watch any Oklahoma State games, you wouldn't see him. He only had a couple of plays, but he was an absolute stud coming out of high school and was the Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year. Didn't get utilized and even went as far to, as to critique the coaching staff for Oklahoma State about not knowing how to use running backs properly. Thomas Harper, the other senior safety for Oklahoma State. Both senior safeties transferring out. How crazy is that? Trace Ford, senior three-star defensive end. DeMar- DeMarco Jones, defensive back. Spencer Sanders, quarterback. And for those of you K-State fans out there, don't know if you saw it or not. Kobe Savage with an interesting tweet this morning. There's a story, uh, it was posted of Spencer Sanders saying, hey, where should Spencer Sanders transfer? And Kobe Savage, the safety for K-State, responds and says, LOL, dude is trash. So I don't know what's going on there, but that's a really funny storyline to follow. And I'm sure there's, that's probably not the end of it. I'm sure that if Spencer Sanders goes somewhere in the Big 12, there's going to be more critiques, more media on the guy. Um, just adding some other people to that list, Eli Rust, offensive tackle, Langston Anderson, four-star receiver, Preston Hickey, Rashad Dixon, they are absolutely decimated right now. And there's been more. There's been more just the last couple of days. Everyone around the Big 12 is transferring out. Texas is up there with a ton of guys. Hudson Card, mainly the main guy. Obviously, with Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers in Texas, there's not much of an opportunity for Hudson Card. West Virginia's lost a few people, but the teams that haven't lost a ton. Texas Tech has only lost three people. Their main guy leaving is Donovan Smith, obviously the quarterback. TCU's only lost one player. 
That's a sophomore receiver, Caleb Medford. KU's main guy leaving is Gavin Potter, the linebacker. It just hasn't been a ton for a lot of teams, and then most of the Big 12 is pretty decimated. Devin Neal transferring out of Baylor. You've just got guys moving around, and I think the Big 12, looking around next year, it's going to be unbelievable to see who you see in each spot. There's been a couple of rumors with major signings on the horizon here in the next couple of days, but it's just something we're going to have to follow. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I know that there's been not a ton with K-State. There's been more focused on Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And I think Texas had a big name that was supposed to pop up here recently. But it hasn't been a ton of K-State stuff. So I want to take you around a little bit and just give you some general news stories around the Big 12. Before I get into the bowl game talk a little bit more, a couple of things that I've noticed this week about K-State. So I want to give a shout-out to John Kurtz for retweeting this one and commenting on it. I actually saw it through his Twitter. So ESPN actually released their way-too-early top Heisman trophy contenders for the 2023 season. And it was kind of interesting. There was four Big 12 quarterbacks featured. Your mind should probably go to, okay, Will Howard's going to be up there. Probably someone from Texas is going to be up there. You know, we'll see after that. But which four quarterbacks does your mind go to? I'll let you know. How about TCU quarterback Chandler Morris? The first name off the board. In the same category as Drake May and Caleb Williams to repeat. Does that blow everybody else's mind? Or is it just blowing mine? It's a guy who's actually had some success and beat out Max Duggan in the past. But thanks for some injuries, he's been sidelined. TCU quarterback Chandler Morris is the guy they're highlighting first. Okay, I get that. Next name off the list, Arch Manning. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say that he's not going to have a chance. Yes, he's a freshman. Yes, he's a Heisman contender. I don't know if he'll even, I don't know if he'll start after yours. I assume the spot's up for grabs if he can beat him out in camp. His last name is Manning, so there's always going to be a chance for him to snag the Heisman. Those are your two first quarterbacks. How about your third one here? Texas Tech quarterback Tyler Show. Guy put on a show, no pun intended, maybe twice on the season. Three times he looked really good, and the rest of the season did not. Couldn't win the starting job between Baron Morton, Donovan Smith. How are we putting this guy on the Heisman list? Are you sure? This blows my mind. Top three guys, all right? Next guy off the list. Fourth guy, fourth name. Someone's got to put Will Howard on this list, right? Oklahoma Sooners quarterback Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel, who did not look good last season, did not look good at any time. Yeah, there's some injuries there, but does he deserve to be above Will Howard on this list? I was furious when I didn't see anything. The guy who hasn't lost a game when he started for the Cats. Beaten undefeated TCU. As a starter, has not lost a game this past season for K-State. That guy's not even mentioned Four quarterbacks from the Big 12. You can't even sit here and tell me that there's two quarterbacks that are better than Will Howard in the Big 12. I was furious reading through this list. It blows my mind, and it should blow yours too. K-State gets no love nationally. Segwaying into the bowl game, K-State gets no love from national media. The only reason that K-State has a chance, and it's a sliver of a chance if you ask anyone covering college football, the only reason K-State has a small consideration possibility of winning this game is because Alabama's not playing all their starters. If Alabama's playing their starters, K-State doesn't even put 15 points up. You know, it's a blowout. It's Alabama. How? How do you feel that way? Deuce Vaughn is one of the most electric players in the country. Nobody can tackle the guy. Nobody knows where he's at. Will Howard, once again, has not lost a game. He's outplayed Max Duggan, who is better than a lot of quarterbacks in the country. A Heisman contender. Bryce Young was a Heisman contender. And I get it. Okay, let's say their O-line is bigger than our D-line. Is that a difference for any other team in the country? If you averaged it out, I saw this tweet about TCU in Michigan. It found the same vein. 
talking about the difference in O-line, and it basically said, can you imagine the difference in Michigan's O-line versus TCU's? And the guy who replied to the tweet actually showed with logic that TCU's O-line collectively outweighed Michigan's. The bias against Big 12 teams, K-State, TCU, it blows my mind how constantly we are reminded that nobody cares outside of the Big 12. Nobody cares about any type of season impact we may have as a program. K-State has no shot to win, so don't even watch the game. Uh, TCU has no shot to win, so why, why are they even in the playoffs? It should have been USC, right? should have been Alabama, right? Are you kidding me? It pisses me off so much watching this, and I, I assume that you guys all feel the same way. I don't get it. And I think that this bowl season and the college football playoffs will change things this year. Because I fully believe that TCU is going to beat Michigan. I think that TCU team is so good. It took every fiber of of K-State's, it took every single thing going in K-State's direction to beat TCU in a bowl game. Excuse me. To beat TCU in the Big 12 championship. And it still was a three-point game. It still went to overtime. Max Duggan played his absolute heart out, and I don't think there's a better quarterback in the country right this minute than Max Duggan. He should have been the Heisman. I think he should have been the Heisman. He had his Heisman moment. Why is Caleb Williams getting blown out towards the end of the season, part of his Heisman run? I know that people always try to say you shouldn't incorporate that last week, but it is impossible not to. There has to be some type of slight bias in that. I get that. Max Duggan rushes for 95 yards and a game-tying drive to send it to overtime against Kansas State to give them a shot to win the Big 12? USC loses by 30? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't get it. I do not get it. Stetson Bennett is a great example of this. The fact that you're putting Stetson Bennett, whose stats were terrible compared to the other three guys, in the Heisman ballot, that is the worst thing to possibly happen in sports media in a long time. Just because he's the quarterback of the best team, we're going to put him on the Heisman ballot? Hendon Hooker was the best player for so long. The entire season, until the back, like, four, three, three or four games. And he doesn't even make the podium. Stetson Bennett, who was never the best player at any point the entire season, is up there. How do we let ourselves do this? How does media get to this point, sports media? I think there's a real argument to be made here that Will Howard has a Heisman chance next year. Not just in the same sense that, oh, well, he's a starter, so he's got a chance. Will Howard has a real contender case. The way he was playing down the stretch beat a lot of good teams to put K-State in the Big 12 championship, to win the Big 12 championship when nobody thought they would. K-State's a great team, and Will Howard's the quarterback. I personally think Deuce Vaughn's going to return. That's going to be a huge thing for Will. And we just landed a four-star receiver recruit. Ben Stennett's coming back, the tight end who was a stud all season long. I don't get why people aren't focusing on Will Howard more. I mean, when Adrian was playing, it was the same message. Adrian, at one point, had Heisman odds and was one of the top three or four players on the Heisman ballot. Obviously, this was in the time when Hendon Hooker was a clear front runner for it, but Martinez was still on the list. Basically, what the Heisman this, this year says is that you can play a perfect season and still not win the Heisman. You can be the best player in the country and not win the Heisman. Does anybody think Caleb Williams was the best player in the country for the entire season? I think a lot of people would say Blake Corum for Michigan, the running back, was up there. I think Hendon Hooker is the immediate thing I think of. I know that it wasn't the entire season. Injuries do play a part for certain guys, but Caleb Williams should not have been the Heisman this season. I fully believe that. As the bowl game gets closer, I'm starting to understand how much is on the line this season.
Deuce Vaughn coming back for this game specifically. He's going to go out there and compete. I know that Alabama starters aren't going to play. I know Bryce Young isn't going to play. But it's still going to be five stars at every position. Let's be honest. Four stars, five stars at every position. Nick Saban bellying about how his team should be in the playoff. I don't think so. They should not. If you're going to feature him, who are you kicking out? You're kicking out TCU for losing a, an overtime game against Kansas State? I don't think so. If K-State and TCU can both win, the Big 12 is in a different light. Or there's going to be one of two things that happen. If K-State beats Alabama, all eyes will be on the program and say, hey, this team could have won a 12-team playoff. This team is talented. They're a really good team. But also, but also, Alabama didn't have their players. If they play, then K-State's not even close. They get blown out, sent to the curb, packing. And Saban's moving on. Moving on to the next round. If TCU wins, well, if Blake Quorum wasn't hurt, then Michigan maybe wins this game. I mean, Michigan, for an entire half, was on pace with 7-5 and five Purdue. Let that sink in fully. Think about that. The entire first half of the Big Ten Championship game, Purdue was on pace with Michigan. Purdue gets blown out by the top four teams in the Big 12 easy. I don't believe that people can write off TCU and write off K-State the same way they have been. This game is currently favored for Alabama 3.5 over K-State. K-State plus 3.5 feels like easy money, but the thing I'm looking at for this week, look at that over-under. It's set at 54 between Alabama and K-State. K-State's been averaging 40 points every time Will Howard's hit the field this season. You're going to tell me Alabama's not going to score 14? Take that over. Take that over. And while you're watching this game, understand how the media is covering this game. Listen to the commentators. Listen to how people portray this game. I want to see who's on the call. I want to hear the game. I want to see the reaction. If you use Twitter, go ahead and jump on it. I think one of my favorite things to do when I'm watching a game is go through Twitter and see the immediate reactions to certain things happening. So what's trending? Is K-State versus Alabama trending? Is TCU versus Michigan trending? Look through that and see the way people are responding to what's happening. You're going to learn a lot more than you expected. I'm going to give you my picks here. I'm going to give you my picks of what I think with TCU-Michigan, of what I think with K-State, and then I also will give you a little bit of KU game. I'll give you my KU game real quick. Um, I'll start with Kansas because I know they're a decent team, and I know that, that Jalen Daniels is a good quarterback. I just don't have enough faith in him. I don't have enough faith in him. Arkansas, I think, is going to take this one pretty handedly. I, I could be proved wrong, but honestly, I feel like Arkansas is just a better team. I really would have loved to see that Mizzou-KU game. I think that would have been smart for both programs. But as we all kind of know, Missouri is not really in a spot where they're doing anything logical at this point. KU is a three-point underdog against Arkansas. Give me, give me Arkansas. Give me Arkansas minus three there pretty steadily. K-State, moving on to that game. K-State plus three and a half against Alabama. Give me K-State plus three and a half. And give me the over, 54. And then let's go to that TCU game. Game everybody's focused on. Michigan is favored by eight. I don't think so. I think this is a four or five point game. I don't know which way it'll swing. Maybe a field goal game at this point. I think TCU is too good of a team. They just saw, suffered a heartbreaker against K-State. I think they're going to be more motivated than ever. I fully believe TCU wins this game outright. Give me TCU money line in this one. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go bold. We'll see what happens. That's how I feel. I'm sure that line's going to fluctuate here another week. We've got some time. 
But I think that TCU is a, is such the better team in this matchup. You can't play on par football with Purdue, who is not a good team, and then expect me to take you over TCU the next week. No way is that happening. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Everything Ema podcast. I'm your host, Joe Tillery. I want to say thanks again because it really wasn't the most K-State-centric week. There wasn't a ton to talk about. I know that K-State basketball is playing a couple of people with Big 12 play starting up here in the month of December. I am really excited to bring you some coverage with that. We'll talk a little bit more in next week's episode as well. Thank you so much for listening. It has been an awesome football season. and We've got one more big game ahead coming up on New Year's Eve. I'll have you updated as we get forward with that. I think lines are going to look completely different next week as we get closer to that game. Go Cats!